Welcome back to another episode of Disney Versus, where we have shrimp kanji that just won't quit. <laughs> this is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I am Tori. I'm Grace. Uh, if this is your first episode listening to us, welcome. What we usually do on this podcast is we talk about Disney, Pixar, uh, animated properties in March Madness style brackets. And from time to time, we do movie reviews. Uh, we are going back to Kumandra today because Grace has finally, finally seen finally. Raya and the Last Dragon. So I absolutely- <laughs> When did this come out? Uh, March of 2021. <laughs> Great. Listen, there was a lot going on in March of 2021. Okay. <laughs> it's just COVID year two. That's fine. So of course we had to get on on Mike, and I had to hear her her uh, her reaction and stuff. Before we do that, we also had to talk about some you know recent events in the Disney family. So we'll talk about that in a second. But before we do that, Grace, what you watching? I well, I just watched Raya. Um, I just watched Leading the Tramp. Uh, getting ready for our Silver Age bracket um what else have i watched recently oh i watched the um how to build a sex room on netflix that's that's fun oh my have god you watched it yet? no i heard about that randomly on a podcast and i'm like wait this is a fucking thing and i meant to tell you it's, about it it's pretty funny um it's like if you took an hgtv house makeover show and and just added a, a pep of sex just, to and it. it's, it's just like pretty funny what if 50 shades of gray had a had a hgtv spinoff kind of kind of but they're not like all of the rooms are different and they're not all super dungeony or anything like you would expect mm. um so it's it's fun it's light um the host is really funny um so that was good i've started watching queen's gambit again and what else? I just watched um, Days and Confused for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. My dad was in town and we- um, Shout out. Uh, shout out, Bernie. Hi. But we projected it onto my garage and sat outside and watched it. And it was good. Also, a little problematic, but that it was made in, I think, 1990, 1991. Yeah. Um, problematic in only ways see... that the 90s could be. Yeah. It was fun to see like young Ben Affleck and uh, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger all very, very, very young. What about you? What you watching? Um, I've been watching a lot of things, but more more recently, I've been reading a lot. Uh, last night, I finished a book, uh, Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore, which is a mystery okay. that it's like the second book of the year that I've given five stars to. Like the way I devoured it, I was like, "Oh, this is getting five stars" because I couldn't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten back on the horse of reading through the Twisted Tales books because I think I have three more to do, and I'm listening to What Once Was Mine, which was which is the uh, the Tangled one, and Ooh, okay. it's okay, but it's doing the thing where it's basically the same story. I mean, spoilers. Mm -hmm. uh, Mother Gothel is still you know, gaslighting the shit out of Rapunzel. So mm -hmm. and I'm just like, if you can change up the course, and she still wants to go see the lights and everything. So it's like the, the main crux and plot of the movie is basically the same. So mm -hmm. I'm literally halfway through it right now. And I'm 
kind of wondering, like, how are they going to change the rest of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and saw Bullet Train the other night uh, with uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and credit forget his name all the time. I don't even know what this movie's about. I'm guessing a bullet train. Yes. It's about an assassin who is coming back to work and it's it's a job. He's he's hired to uh, pick up a briefcase and there are multiple others assa- multiple other assassins trying to get said briefcase for different motivations. Nice. Brian Tyree Henry is the person whose name I keep forgetting. Who is a wonderful actor? He's in Atlanta. He was in The Eternals. Um, he was in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Great actor. Nice. And uh, this past Wednesday, I went by myself through machinations not of my own. I went and saw Frozen the musical. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, how was it? It was. It was okay. Like of the five live musicals that I've seen, I think it's probably in the lower part. It was good, but it wasn't uh-huh. like Hamilton or The Lion King or anything. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking like, okay, I don't think I need to watch Frozen the Moot, like the first movie ever again now. Like, I think I've consumed mm-hmm. all of the, like I've read Conceal Don't Feel. I've seen the musical. I've listened to the soundtrack. I've seen the movie. I've done multiple podcasts about the, about the first movie. I think, I think I'm done. I never need to see mm-hmm. Frozen ever again to get anything new out of it. <laughs> but, uh, it was super, it was super un- awkward and uncomfortable for me to be, you know, 30 year old black man in a theater full of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine year olds dressed as Elsa, Anna, and Olaf. <laughs> And then all the single moms in sundresses with vodka tonics or whatever they were drinking in their hand. And I'm like, I feel so out of, out of, place. out of place. Yeah. Like I feel, I look, I could look mad sus right now because I'm just like sitting here by myself and I had good fucking seats too. So I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit here and not be any kind of threatening to anybody. <laughs> but the performances were good. It was very, uh, they played up Anna's weirdness, and there was a lot of, like, Anna wants to fuck. Like, I I got that vibe. Like, Anna is <laughs> repressed in every oh. sense of the word. Like, Anna needs to get it in right now. That's the vibe I got from Anna's character. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Now, as, soon as, the, as soon as the credits rolled on that one, like, Anna was like, Kristoff, come here for a second. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Because that's the way they played her character. But, I mean, all was good. Great vocal performances. Lots of diversity. Uh, The King of Arendelle was played by a person of color. His wife was, I think, lighter skinned. And the kids were, like, mixed. So, logical Mm -hmm. thinking me. It's like, hold on. How does this even work? (laughs) How did this happen? And uh, two things, and I'll move on from Frozen forever. (laughs) Yeah. I liked the nods to uh, Frozen 2 because I mm-hmm. know in the original, the North Aldra are not mentioned at all. Yeah. And when Anna gets hit in the face with Elsa's magic and they call on, instead of calling on the trolls, like there aren't rock trolls. They're just like natives. She mm-hmm. calls on the natives and she's like, I'm North Aldra. 
and I that basically that's how she knows how to how to contact them. Okay. And then later on, uh, when Olaf is introduced during summer, uh, he calls one of the seagulls Samantha, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's cute. But yeah, I liked. And then I was just thinking about it. I I I like watching these things and thinking about how the lore of these things would work, especially with the twisted tales and the what if of it all. I was thinking, mm-hmm. what if? Because there's the uh, thing with with Hans and wanting to take over, and he's like. Oh, I'll get to Anna and kill Elsa because it's easiest. Like, what if, mm-hmm. what if Elsa was into Hans and evil? Ooh. And I just thought of a thing where Elsa, like, loses control. Like, she lets Hans run the kingdom. Like, he wants to be king, but she's still in charge. Mm-hmm. And she's just like an evil snow queen. And I just had this picture where she's like, it's in comic book form where you, open the page and it's just like her with glowing eyes and she's like i am the storm and she's about to kill a bunch of people mm-hmm. it's very uh so. phoenix yes exactly yeah basically her power she phoenix she gets phoenix by her own powers mm-hmm. so so news you want to do the lighter stuff first <laughs> Oh man! Well, I did see that Lightyear is on Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, Lightyear is on Disney Plus now. Uh, was added uh, August sixth, so earlier this week. Uh, something that I didn't mention when we did our review last episode is how disappointing, uh, like the turnout for Lightyear was. Mm-hmm. Because I think we may have mentioned it on um, on a previous episode. Like Lightyear, Lightyear is the first Pixar movie to go back to theaters since COVID. And I was, and I think my words, I'm like, oh, Lightyear is going to save cinema, or at least for Pixar. Yeah. And nobody showed up. Yeah. Like the box office did not get that much better. And I'm so disappointed. I wonder if how we market movies has to change more now that we've gone through a pandemic. Because like, I think about, I have no ideas what's in theaters right now. Because I'm mm-hmm. watching on Disney Plus, because I'm watching on Hulu or Netflix, um, I don't really watch TV anymore. I'm not in a place to watch ads, and when I do watch ads, it's before Grey's Anatomy or something. It's for Clorox wipes. Mm-hmm. It's not for a preview to a movie. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering when, like, is that is that reality or is that just my perception? Um, you're you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong because a lot of people are streaming more and when you are watching ads, it's so you can wait the five minutes so you can skip them if you're on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I know I get a lot of my movie news and new movie trailers from just doom scrolling through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if someone I follow is in a new movie on Instagram, I'll see a new trailer yeah. for, via via their feed. And I don't follow that many people on Twitter, so my view is very I guess- narrow. I guess that's something I would normally I would normally see trailers on Facebook too, and I'm not spending as much time on Facebook, so I think same. I might just have to do with how I'm changing my social media usage. Um, but so I wonder how much that had that comes into play for Lightyear. Um, yeah. I I'm still disappointed that there that there wasn't a short at the beginning. Um, <laughs> so I, Pixar, I hope you bring that back because I think it's a really cool concept, especially as a concept for testing out new talent and giving them an opportunity to produce something before they work on yeah. a major production. 
I uh, I was talking to my boss about Lightyear, and he asked me, uh, "Tori, are you going to mention that uh, Disney completely threw off their um, their revenue stream by getting people so geared towards looking at things on Disney Plus first and not going to the theater?" Yeah, and he's absolutely right because I think like they're they're not doing premium access anymore. I don't think. No, I and don't think like this movie was. They're just delaying it, and it's being released on Disney Plus before it would normally be released in other forms, yeah. like on DVD. But, um, but yeah, there's not nearly the delay. Yeah, and I think that's what that that's kind of what what I think killed the box office because you get 45 days, I think, and then it's going to Disney Plus. Happened with Doctor Strange, happened with Lightyear, mm-hmm. happened with whatever came out before Doctor Strange. I wonder if that changes what movies we start seeing marketed more heavily in theaters. Like if it becomes more things that are like interstellar or really action-based or things that we think of as being – as needing to be seen on the big screen. Um, where right. like – Raya, it was beautiful, but I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, oh, you need to go see that in theaters. Right. And I think I forgot Raya was in theaters. I was it? I think it was for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of those situations where if, if you can go to, if your theater can open safely, Raya was in theaters. Mm -hmm. I guess I did see, um, Cruella right after that. Right. Mm hmm. I think I saw Cruella twice. My goodness. Mm-hmm. We were a little starved for theaters at that point. Yeah, we were. Yes, we were. Let's get to the sad stuff now. So if you haven't been living under a rock, you know we lost a lot of stars in the past couple of weeks. Let's start from bottom to the top. So uh, Torian Black passed away. I know you don't. I know many people don't know that name. He was the voice of Roscoe in Oliver and Company. Roscoe was one of the uh, the lead pit bulls that, uh, or sorry, Dovermans, I think, or Rottweilers. I, I forget what kind of dog that Sykes owned. Yeah, I remember. I distinctly remember his voice because uh, I watched Oliver Oliver and Company so much growing up. Mm-hmm. David Warren also passed away. And while he wasn't a major voice in a Disney animated movie, he was the narrator in uh, Winnie the Pooh, The Search for Christopher Robin. He was uh, Ed Dillinger in Tron. He was Ed Dillinger. He was uh, Sark. And I believe he was also the MCP. So he's basically the main villain in Tron. He was also in Titanic and a bunch of other things that, you know, you see his face, you'll recognize him. And the big one that I immediately texted Grace and said, mm-hmm. hey, we got to talk about this. Pat Carroll, the legend herself, passed away a weekend or two ago. Pat Carroll, you know, was the voice of Ursula in the Little Mermaid franchise. Every, Pretty much every appearance of her Ursula, she was the voice of. And she was also the voice of Morgana in The Little Mermaid 2, who played uh, Ursula's sister. It's a rough one, because you, you listen to our show, you know how much we love Ursula. Mm-hmm. Or at least um, how much Grace loves Ursula. I do. I do. So. And I I did, like, I looked up our 
silver silver bracket and I was like, does Mermaid make the cut? No, Mermaid doesn't. Um, so I, I'm not watching that right now, but I, it made me think like, man, I wonder how involved or how much of the current production she got to see or be a part of or for the live action oh, yeah. reproduction of The Little Mermaid, but yeah i'm waiting on a trailer for that one to just i think it's supposed to be what early next year late this year when it's coming out yeah i don't know so should be getting a trailer soon but r.i.p to those three thank you for your work thank you for your voices all right so that's all our news grace you ready to get into uh raya yes i am cool uh, no trailer break. We're just going to jump right in. Which episode was the original Raya review? 61? Gotcha. So if you want to hear Tori's first take on this, episode 61. Yes. With Deanna from Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. Quick run through on, De- on Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada. Written by Ki Wen and Adele Lim, starring Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, and Gemma Chan. As of today, it has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.3 on IMDb, and a 75% on Metacritic, which is very nice all around. Mm-hmm. Box office, it ended up grossing $54.7 million domestically, $130.4 million worldwide. And as far as awards go... It was nominated for the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. It lost both to Encanto. I'm going to come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and it led the Annie Awards with 10 nominations, but didn't win anything. It lost to either Encanto or Mich- Mitchell's versus the Machines. Okay. So, Grace, what did you think now that you finally saw Raya? I liked it a lot. I cried. Um, Me I, too. I, I had, I didn't really have expectations. Like I'd seen the trailer before and I watched the trailer right before I watched it. So I had kind of some frame of reference. Um, Tori's been telling me to watch this for literally a year and a half now. And I think that I fell prey to that effect where something's recommended too many times and then it kind of puts you off of it. And, um, so I just had to knuckle down. Tori's like, we have to record, uh, <laughs> let's do this okay that means i have to watch it <laughs> um and yeah i really i really really liked it and i think i we'll get into the details but um i think the voice acting was one of my favorite parts and raya's character development just her her personality overall i i thought was well done yeah what what were your th- you watched it today too right or yesterday yes okay. yes i watched it today i i still like this movie a lot uh i think i i think i've watched it maybe five or six times to this point mm-hmm. not including my first initial watch and i think it's still a, a really strong movie i i like the we we talk about this a lot on this podcast we love world building mm-hmm and I think they did a great job of building the 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 world of Kumandra, mm-hmm. even with all the Southeast South Asian mm-hmm. Southeast Asian influences. Uh, it's just a well 
thought out and well uh, constructed world. I could have done with a little bit more world building or even just mapping right at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because when it started, I, I wasn't really sure if this was a real life place or um, or like based on a real life place or if this is in a separate world or universe type of thing. But I did like once I got into it and understood, I did really like it. And I liked the different zones and how each part of the world looked a little bit different. So, yeah. I think if this world or if Arendelle and Corona are Europe <laughs> and mm-hmm. freaking uh, wherever Merida is from is, you know, the UK, mm-hmm. this this place could definitely be, you know, China or Asia, mm-hmm. just wherever Asia is in that in the universe or in this multiverse. Yeah. Uh, I think just the all the cultural influences and architecture and food. Mm hmm. Is inspired by real things. So let's get into it. Going back, like you said, you love the characters. I love, I I wrote in my notes, I think Raya is probably one of the most realistically written Mm -hmm. characters, at least princess-wise, I've ever, uh, in in canon. I I had the same thought, and I think... I think it's just how she's written, how her dialogue is written. It sounds very mm-hmm. conversational. It sounds like how real people talk. And yeah. we don't always get that in animation. Because uh, I had the same thought that this person is really relatable for being in a completely different universe and being a princess. How – and it's it's all in her voice. It's all in what she's saying and, and her inflection. Uh and so I, I really appreciated that. And then you add Aquafina to the mix, which I, I didn't realize she was in this tour. You should have told me that like a year ago. <laughs> it would have been more about it. But I, I thought you knew. No, I mean, maybe I did at one point. But yeah, as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, okay, this is taking a very different <laughs> – this is going a very different direction than I thought. But I really appreciated that. And I, I really liked – I mean, each of the different characters – I, I mean, I guess we can talk about the characters a little bit. I liked this ensemble cast a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And especially the breadth and age and um, each of the kind of different talents, but that, that are just pretty mundane, not mundane. I mean, this baby is a, uh, not assassin, a. She's a, she's a con artist. Oh, con artist, yes. So, like, the baby's yeah. a con artist. That's obviously not a normal talent to have. But um, I liked that each of the cast members kind of contributed something different to the ensemble. And and I liked how the characters looked different. Um, mm-hmm. They were all different shapes and sizes and colors. Um, maybe not all different colors, but there were some different colors. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so I appreciated the physical diversity uh, and then also age diversity of the group. I th- This did have a fatal flaw for me, though, um, and it happens really early on when Ba, R- Raya's dad, says that he's invited the other – I guess they're not clans. I don't know what – Tribes. Tribes, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other groups to come eat a meal – um, in an effort to try and kind of reform um, as a unified group. And and Raya's first reaction is like, oh, okay, well, these guys are known for, for this murderous skill and those guys are known for this murderous skill. 
and um and he's like no no like th- that's not what we're doing here her mental switch from these are our enemies and even using the word enemies to i'm going to take this person i just met to see the one sacred thing that i vowed to protect above all else mhm was a little it was it was unbelievable to me it it was too fast of a jump for that to have happened for her to mentally have gone to that place and a span of maybe just a few hours i i that took a little bit of a mental stretch for me that i think could have been shored up a little better but i can see yeah i agree with you on a, on a, to an extent i think her her guard was kind of broken down because namari was her age mm-hmm. number one because you you see that's you you think about you know your enemies you don't think of them as someone that you can relate to um and speaking of relating to the fact that they were both big fans of you know the same things like fighting mm-hmm. and uh, uh dragon dragon lore stuff like that i think that kind of broke down her her barriers mm-hmm. and with her father telling her that they want they want to be peaceful i think she kind of took that to heart uh and just made made a made a shitty call like she she made a myth that was a, that was a bad call on raya's part yeah but I, I see that I see what you mean where she like that was a quick that was a quick switch on her part. But I can see where it came from. Yeah. Almost immediately following that though, um, it wrote me right back in when mm-hmm. everyone is flinging the stone, the power The temple. <laughs> yeah. Temple. Everyone's fleeing the temple where um this dragon power has been broken and her dad realizes that the Droon uh, are afraid of water. And that whole sequence on the bridge and then her falling into the water, the music there just gave me full body chills um, and wrote mm-hmm. me right back in. I was like, okay, this is – I'm taking this way more seriously because of just how the soundtrack is affecting me. And that's not mm-hmm. something I've noticed. That's not something I've noticed in a minute, um, honestly. So that – that stood out to me and, and was something that came back. It's not something I noticed continuously throughout the movie, but there were a couple other points and it was mostly at the fighting points or the really like towards the end, there was another moment. And I think it's when Sisu fell in the water. Yeah. Was the other one. And which, I mean, I'm sure if I listened back, it's probably a mirror of a theme or something like that. That's yeah, there's the probably thing. a parallel. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I appreciated the music a lot in this and I thought it did a it it did a really nice job of taking these kind of elements from different cultural music and incorporating it that without making it a purely Asian sounding composition. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really well done, strategically done, kind of blending that with more thematic soundtrack music. Right. I want to go back to something that we were just talking about, uh, the um, Raya's trust. Mm. I like that setup because it transitions nicely into Raya not being trusting at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think makes her so realistic is because she has so much disgust for and contempt for, you know, other and suspicion also for other people mm-hmm. because 
a mistake that she contributed to led to the world getting, you know, screwed up. Mm -hmm. And like, she's not, she's, she's very blunt and everything. And again, suspicious of everybody. And that's not a trait that any other princess has. Like, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, nobody is that, no princess is that pessimistic, Mm -hmm. cynical. Everyone else is really super chipper. Like, the only person that I can kind of think of, like, not even Merida. any of the modern princesses, like, maybe Merida is cynical. Yeah, I think different. Like, it's not that Merida's distrusting. It's just that she doesn't want to be ma- manipulated. Right. She wants to choose her own path. But that, that has made her cynical, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Certainly the older, like we're getting into the Silver Age and all of those princesses, um, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, it's a completely different. They're just very naive, very trusting. Yes, absolutely. And I think we like, I think we have grown into princesses. Like think about Moana. Moana still has, I think she has higher expectations of Maui. But I don't think she's necessarily, I don't think she's completely trusting. I don't think it's a blind trust. I don't think it's a blind trust. I think it's a, uh, based on his reputation of who he is Mm -hmm. and what he's done. I think that's where her, it's not blind trust. Mm -hmm. It's trusting his reputation. Yeah. Where where she comes from, you know, her, her feelings about Maui. Yeah. You mentioned the crew, uh, mm-hmm. the crew. I, I noticed that the two, uh, the, it's, this is a very female dominant movie. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the two, the two men of the crew are the most, um, they're the most nurturing mm-hmm. because Boone wants to feed everyone because mm-hmm. that's, that's his trait. It's his boat and Tong. Because of the loss of his, you know, uh, I guess his daughter, I'll, I'll say daughter for the sake of this uh, example, is so connected to Noi, mm-hmm. the, the con baby. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see that, like, and then role with reversal. Noi and Raya, yeah, they're so hardcore. It's, it's a, a role, it's a really good role reverse. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that, but you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And I like, I love this story. Like, I, I like that it's, it's it's a simple tale of like being able to trust like you have to trust people mm-hmm. or else you know the world is just going to continue to go to shit because Sisu says the the drone were created from human uh what is it human oh that line um not skepticism it that line stood out to me now I'm looking at quotes and there's the quote about Sisu uh talking about group projects <laughs> a plague born from human discord that's what it is the drones are a plague born from human discord yeah that that hit a chord yep i did i mean do you think there's definitely a element of social commentary here do you think it was distracting or do you think it was appropriate no no, I don't think it was I don't think it was overt at all. I think this wasn't keying in on anything specific mm-hmm. that, you know, the world is going through. It's just in general, you know. 
I think it's the it's the concept of we all got to get along. Mm-hmm. I think it at first it felt a little on the nose, but then it got better. Um, or oh. or I just didn't notice it anymore. But you're right; it is just war is not a an uncommon theme <laughs> in storytelling. So I yeah. don't know why yeah why it felt yeah. so specific or or like a commentary. I I do think. That for a not particularly original story, it was told in an original way, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, right. this is not so much a coming-of-age story, but it is an epic journey. Um, and we do have kind of these trials along the way. We meet different characters. We pick up people as we go along. Mm-hmm. But the lore behind it does a really nice job of pulling it all together and and making it – setting it apart from other stories. Um, so I like that. What did you think of I want, the dragons? Oh, well, go ahead. I, I want more from this world. Yeah. I want more from this world, like whether it's in a second movie or a show or a video game or a world in Kingdom Hearts. Like mm. I want – there's there's so much potential for this world, whether it's talking about Raya's journey from, you know, how did – from where what happened between her hitting the water and us seeing her – in you know in the desert Mm -hmm. six years later like you can get six seasons out of that right there or what happens after yeah like there are there other legends of kumandra you can get more out of this out of this property because you built a a pretty decent world Mm -hmm. so that's what i want what i think of the dragons uh i'm okay uh it's okay uh I'm not gonna lie. I'm too used to the bulkier dragon designs. Yeah. That, uh, like, Sisu kind of look compared to them. Sisu kind of look like a kind of like a gecko or a snake, more yeah. reptilian in movement. Yeah, I, I have, I had that thought. Is that they're it's like they're a little too long or something. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought I thought it was a fun difference. I did think when you had all of them at the end, the contrast between how bright the dragons are and and the world that they're coming into it was a little fantastical yeah. and i they're great for color contrast i feel like yeah i feel like i i don't understand enough about how dragons coexisted before the drones uh, like mm-hmm. what was the relationship i i i want the how to train your dragon backstory please <laughs> <laughs> or the or the House of Dragons, yes, because exactly. uh, that's about to start for Game of Thrones, yes. but for Raya, yeah, I want a little bit more backstory on how how these worlds coexisted. Speaking of color contrast, uh, the animation this looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like all the worlds and everything are very well done, and the environments and everything. Mm-hmm. I love the fight scenes in this. Mm-hmm. I think this has the best fight scenes of any animated disney movie like bar none yeah because there's all the all the training scenes it, like even at the beginning yeah it made me think of black widow i think just because we're not used to seeing women fight in this way mm. on screen very often at least not in animation mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say something incendiary because that's what i do on this podcast uh i like this a lot more than Encanto. i think this is a better movie um, I did too, and I it got me more in the feels than Encanto did. I think Encanto was culturally on a more like 
how culturally how certain families have been it hits the mark on all of that but i think it relies a little too much on the music Mm -hmm. and the story suffers a little bit i yeah i think i mean encanto has the same i think it was intended to and and has been the new frozen so i think like it's definitely filling its place i know people who really really love it um, I know kids who really, really love it. I can see that Rye is not something that people would go back to and watch on a regular basis, but I do think it's a very good story. Yeah. And, and I do I, I do like it more, I think. And I mean, looking at the critic ratings, they, they like it more too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Raya is going to be one of those movies like Treasure Planet or Atlantis that people fans go back to mm-hmm. and say oh this was slept on like they're yeah. doing that with lightyear right now like oh why like why didn't i go see lightyear up front like yeah we know yeah like, <laughs> lightyear was good tories like, know go, for a go year and a half it. yeah <laughs> why aren't y'all seeing why aren't y'all talking about raya more but yeah i i will like i get i get why it was uh, i'm not gonna say it was a popularity contest but i think Encanto was the flashier, brightly colored, more poppier pick than mm-hmm. Raya. And Raya suffered because it got released in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. Back when, you know, nobody saw this because nobody saw this and nobody spent money for it on Disney Plus mm-hmm. because pandemic. So it's it's unfortunate that this movie wasn't getting talked about as much. Mm-hmm. I think Benedict Wong is still my favorite uh, voice voice uh, performance. Uh, Tong, the 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 older guy in the crew. Mm-hmm. I think he was my favorite vocal performance. I also like uh, I like Kelly Marie Tran's performance as uh, Raya because it's so it has so many levels. Mm-hmm. She has to play. She has to play the leader and the hero, even though she's not doing this to be heroic. She plays sad. She plays pissed off, mm-hmm. especially at the end when uh, Sisu gets killed. There's so many different ranges yeah. to her performance. I love how Raya's outlook goes from, you know, Binturi's ain't shit the whole time. Like, people people suck, mm-hmm. basically. Sorry, I had to use the word Binturi one time in <laughs> the podcast. and. It, it notice that the first time she draws her sword after in the in that we see her is not on Drune but on people, mm-hmm. and that's kind of telling that she trusts no one. Yeah, and I kind of want to see. I'm, I'm thinking you can kind of get like a Samurai Jack esque, like kind of show out of her just wandering looking for you know the dragon gems or looking for Sisu and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and just becoming more and more hardened and jaded by how much people suck in the world because i mean and i don't know if you can get you know that much out of that because season one she has to grow yeah i think i mean that's like the most depressing part of it is and and like who's your audience yeah fair fair in which case you'd probably just have to do a sequel series or a short of you know i think you could do a series of shorts that'd be fun yeah, just Raya before the last dragon. Mm-hmm. When I noticed that, it's like, oh shit, she trusts nobody. 
So a little bit of trivia, like leftover trivia from what I didn't cover in the first uh, first episode. Uh, Raya is the first non-Pixar Disney princess to not sing. Hmm. I believe everybody else who is officially qualified as a princess, or classified as a princess, mm-hmm. has sung. Interesting. Yeah. The land of Kamandra is inspired by Southeast Asian countries of Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Myanmar, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, and Laos. And this is the first Disney animated studios movie without any involvement from uh, John Lasseter. Wow. Have you have you heard what they're saying about uh, luck on uh, Apple TV? No. It's like his first, it's John Lasseter's first like animated movie since he got canceled, basically, mm-hmm. and had to leave Pixar. And I heard it's not good. Oh, interesting. Who's like, it produced? I heard with? it's like I think it's I think it's DreamWorks. Let me check right quick. Oh, Skydance. So uh JJ Abrams company. Mm-hmm. And Apple. I kinda wanna watch it to be like, is it that bad? Ugh, hundred and five minutes? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> it was like ninety. One cool shot. I had a lot of cool shots. I think the one I wanna pick though is when uh Namari and Raya fight at the end when the they temple? charge at each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that charge and then the subsequent fight scene. Mm-hmm. Uh I like their clash there. Yeah. Because we you've never seen a woman on woman fight in a Disney movie. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool visual. I'm trying to think when Namari's not really army, but band um, mm-hmm. group passes through the dragon graveyard, kind of. Yeah. I thought that was really beautiful and solemn and kind of underrated. Uh, I thought it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was valuable to really kind of build out her character some. Mm-hmm. And I like Namari, that Namari wasn't one dimensional. She was. Yeah, she was you know, complex. Yeah. And she was remorseful for what she did. She was remorseful. She um, was confused. She was conflicted. Mm-hmm. She was still loyal to her community and to her mom, mm-hmm. but also incredibly devout and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need more two, three-dimensional villains in these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to to see what a strange world is going to be like because it's the same basically the same creative team mm-hmm. director and writer that did this movie uh, okay. Kiwin writing and don hall directing yeah i just listened to one of our early episodes and we were talking about the difference between antagonist and villain mm-hmm. and yeah i think i think namari definitely fits the antagonist um yeah. especially considering at the end she makes an ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm I think we need to do another villains episode because we've added like twelve more villains to the yeah. roster since we since our first uh, villains episode. Ooh, maybe that's what we do for October, the Halloween episode. Sure. Okay. What do you got for Drunk Disney? Um. Well, so Tori pulled up the Drunk Disney that he used the last time he reviewed this, and I think I'm going to take a couple of them. So drink every time. 
There's a fight scene or a chase sequence. I like that one. Drink every time someone says dragon. And then instead of the rule, drink anytime someone does something sketchy or suspect, I think it's drink anytime someone is suspicious of someone else or distrusting. Okay, cool. Rating? What do you think, scale 1 to 10? What would you give this? I think I still stick with the, I think I gave it an 8 originally, uh, 7 or 8. I think I'll stick there. It. It it's still a little long for me, but all all together, like I think it's a really good uh, top of the sixty of the sixty what five I think Disney animated features there are. I think it's in the top half, like top thirty. I think. Yeah, I'd say that. I'll give it top thirty. I think I would give it an eight point five based on how I'm feeling right now. But I've also noticed that mm-hmm. as I listen back to older episodes or think back to older scoring that I typically rank higher right after I watch something. And then when I think back to it, it's actually a little bit lower. So you're okay. probably spot on right around an eight. Okay. Tell us what you think. Is uh, Raya still good? Do you think it's better than Encanto? Songs notwithstanding. <laughs> you can let us know what you think on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. On Twitter at Disney VS or on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you give us a five star review and leave a comment, we will read it on the air. As Grace mentioned, uh, we are working on our Silver Age bracket in the bracket of the ages. Woo! And I'm really excited about getting that going soon. Yeah, me too. That's going to be fun. Until then, thank you for listening, and we will see y'all next episode. Goodbye.